Wildcats to another episode of Weber State Weekly's Women's Hoop Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the panel today, we've got Jessica Euler. Jessica, how you doing? Everything uh, staying intact there? Heard it's windy in Ogden. Doing pretty good. I did warn everybody just a second ago. I might blow away tonight, but y'all, y'all keep on finish the podcast if that happens. <laughs> don't stop. Keep the train rolling. Yeah, we'll find her later. Don't don't sweat it. <laughs> oh, good. And then uh, we also have on our panel tonight, Brooke Minnick. Brooke, how, how have you been? Doing pretty good. Um, for a Tuesday, basically a Monday. Been a long Tuesday, but pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. Did you have yesterday off for President's Day? Yep. Wasn't a long enough weekend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, nice, nice deal. Uh, I, I see not coming to Nashville for, for Thursday ceremonies, though. Nope. I'm sad. No. There's been a lot of a lot of uh, if you if you folks don't know, Pekka, uh, what's it? How do you say his last name? Rene. Yeah. Pekka Rene, a longtime uh, goalie for the Nashville Predators here in Nashville. Uh, he's going to get his jersey retired on Thursday night. And so uh, he's in the building. A lot of buzz here in Nashville about having Pekka back. And so everybody's really excited. But unfortunately, Brooke not not coming out to Nashville and saying what's up to the hit city. Nope. That's all right. Well, folks, uh, on today's show, we got a player interview for you. We're going to be talking to freshman guard Kyle Sane. Going to talk to her a little bit about her journey from outside of the Sacramento area, Antelope, California. And talk about uh, coming to Weber State, coming to play basketball up here in the mountains. Uh, then we're going to be doing some game recap, talking about the win at Sac State and then uh, the tough overtime loss in, in Greeley against Northern Colorado. And then I've got a game for our panel tonight. We're, we're going to play buy and sell. We played buy and sell with the men last night. We're going to be playing buy and sell for the women because I've got some uh, I've got some some questions for them. So we'll see kind of how things shake out. But before we get started with all of that, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to, for you to find Weaver State Weekly. And if you would, please rate us all of those great places. Rate Weber State Weekly. Give us five stars. Give us the thumbs up, whatever it takes, so we can find our way into the ears of more Wildcat fans, wherever they may be. We're also on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter, one of the best places to interact with us. We've got some uh, some Twitter spaces upcoming this week. While the men are on the road, the women will be in the Purple Palace. And uh, so hop on Twitter if you're, if you're not busy. Join one of our spaces. Join the conversation. It's always a good spot. And then, of course, there's Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Become a patron. There's a lot of football recruit content up there right now. And uh, you got to be a patron to get get access to it. So become a patron at patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Check out some of that good football content. I might put it on our blog eventually, but uh, right now it's staying on Patreon. So if you want to get those interviews, they're about 15 minutes each. We got what? I think I just put another one up. We got like six, seven of them up there. So check it out. And then I want to shout out our sponsor for tonight's show, Studio 98. If you're looking for a ring that isn't run of the mill, check out Studio 98. They're a local jeweler run by a fellow Wildcat and a former football player who loves the purple and white just as much as you and I do. So check out their website. That's Studio 98. That's N-I-N-E, the, the number eight dot com to behold their beautiful rings and be sure to check out their Flying W special. It's a beauty, man. And I've got one for myself. So check them out. Studio 98.com. Appreciate their support of Weaver State Weekly. So now let's uh, let's talk with our uh, our player interview tonight. Like I said, we have freshman guard Kyle Sane uh, taking a little bit of time out of her day, and you know, still you know getting ready for getting ready for not only the uh, the end of the season, but also still doing doing some homework. So, Kaya, thanks so much for taking some time to chat with us here on Weaver State Weekly. Of course, no problem, no problem. 
<clears throat> we're uh, we're really excited to chat with you. And so, like we said at the top, originally from outside of Sacramento, in Northern California has been pretty kind to the Wildcats. I mean, Jaden Matthews, you know, from a place not too far from where you are. And so, uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, about Antelope because when we were lo- trying to do some research, uh, there wasn't a bio on the website. But um, talk to us a little bit about Antelope and kind of uh, your your game in high school and kind of how you began to get recruited by uh, by teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm from Antelope. It's a very small town, like not very well known, I don't believe, but it's it's literally right outside of Sacramento. And I went to Antelope High School. Um, I started varsity all for um, um, my years there, and just I don't. I just feel I feel like I'm at a much faster pace than. Um, the girls around where I was like, I was more aggressive. I played faster. It was just, I loved the game of basketball and, you know, a lot of people uh, would come up to me and just like tell me like they love the way I play, which I enjoy that because it's like, I work hard. I work hard for um, basketball. I put in a lot of hours. So, so for people to say they enjoy watching me play and enjoy how I play, it really uh, puts a good feeling in my heart. So yeah, I played varsity all four of my years. Um, <clears throat> I started, I started, I want to say, I started starting my freshman year, probably midway through the season towards the end. And then I started for the rest um, of the four years. Um, and so my recruiting process, I didn't really start getting like recruit recruitments and anything until my, I want to say junior year. Yeah, junior year because that's when COVID hit, and so like it was hard for me to get out there and display myself as I would um, before because there wasn't as many tournaments because of COVID. So, you know, I started my recruiting process, and I wasn't getting very many looks. I'm gonna be honest. And then Weber, um, they hit me up, and they were just like, they liked the way I played. They liked my defensive mentality, like how I was aggressive. They said I played like a dog. And so there was that. And then I just talked to Coach V and Coach Turner and Coach Nate and all of them. And I feel like they played a big part in my decision on committing so early because I committed at the end of my junior year. So I feel like they played a big, big part in that because they just made it feel like so at home. And like they saw the vision that I was seeing myself. And so it really just drew me towards the um, school. And then I got to talk to the players and they were all sweet and just made it feel like they would take me in and like guide me the best that they could being that they are the leaders. So, you know, it was, sorry, coming here, um, it, re- it was really different. I was nervous, scared, obviously, cause I'm, I was only 17. I'm young. Like I don't really know a lot, but, Coming here, the players really made it feel like home. The coaches made it feel like home. And this transition was very easy. So I am very grateful to have come to Weber State to a team like this. Yeah, I mean, like you said, um, an opportunity to commit early, uh, liking what we're finding, talking to recruits and talking to students who are, you know, maybe freshmen like yourselves, just barely coming into um, playing for the Wildcats and kind of making that transition to, to college basketball or other college athletics. Um, like they said, they've been talking about how relationships really, really important. And mm-hmm. so for you, it sounds like it's the same where, you know, the Wildcats reach out, 
build a relationship with the coaching staff at Weber State makes a big difference. And then you decide, you know, I don't need, I don't really need to talk to anybody else. I feel like this is a place where I could thrive. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to commit early. And like you said, committing junior year, not, not even waiting till the senior year saying, yeah, plus COVID, I think really, really difficult. Talk to us about, you know, just like how you get over or how you get through trying to get recruited during COVID. Because I think that, you know, probably your recruitment is one of the toughest times maybe ever to get recruited just because so many things are up in the air. I mean, with high school basketball, it's not always, you know, able to get film out to people. Maybe it's not being broadcast. It's just really, really tough. So talk to us about overcoming that challenge and trying to just get in contact with programs. Yeah, it was really tough. You know, I had to use like old clips and stuff. I couldn't really showcase like my new like development and things like that. So I had to show old clips and just try and get in the coach's ears as much as possible. And it was, it was pretty tough, but I mean, at the end of the day, there were schools looking at me, but it was just a matter of who really wanted me the most, like who really saw my potential and who really saw my ability to thrive. And I feel like Weaver was a great place for that. Um, but yeah, the recruiting process, it was kind of hectic, you know, we didn't really get tournaments or anything. So it was more about video. Everything just became about like media. So yeah, it was pretty tough. Ladies question for freshman guard, Kaya Lassane. Yeah, for sure. So you've had, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs this season for the team, but a heck of a lot of close games. So can you tell us a little bit about how the team has stayed together um, as a team and really learned from those close games? Yeah, there have been a lot of close games, tough losses, and, you know, that always sucks. But I feel like this team is very determined to win. Like, I've never been on a team who cared about the game as much as this team does. And I feel like every single person on this team wants to win. And, like, it's just a great atmosphere to be in, win or lose. Um, obviously, we would, we would rather be winning, but win or lose, it's just great to know that even if we do lose, we have people on this team who will push back and fight back to get a W. So it's, it's a great atmosphere. Awesome. And when y'all are uh, playing and you're, you're having these close games, are you already thinking about how that impacts next season? Yeah, I'm thinking in like. You know, it's it's tough right now, but it's just going to bring the team closer together. Like going through these battles together is just going to bring us closer and tighter at the end of the day. So, I mean, we'll get through it for sure. It's just going to take some time, but we'll get through it. Brooke, been a question for freshman guard Kyle saying. Yeah, so you haven't gotten a lot of minutes so far as a freshman, but you had some pretty impactful opportunities on Saturday in Greeley. Um, talk to us a little bit about your defensive mindset. Uh, I, I've always been like a aggressive player on defense. Um, sometimes I'm overly aggressive, but personally, it's just, I don't know. I feel like I like to, I like to, take the ball from people that may sound a little rude, but I, I want to be the one who makes an impact on defense. Offense will come later. I'm more of a defensive player. I, I like to hustle, get on the ground, you know, take the ball, block people. I'm just all around a defensive player. And my mindset in the game is that basically that I am the defensive player and I will do whatever it takes to play good defense. And so, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a good point too because I mean, in in your ten minutes in Greeley, you're able to get a steal, and I think that you know, and also kind of hold the Bears down as the Wildcats did their best to get. <laughs> as the as the Wildcats uh, did their best to kind of hold them back so that they could get back in the game uh, because there was a four point deficit overcome, the Wildcats end up overcoming that tie game, an opportunity to kind of keep the keep the Bears on their heels and mm-hmm. kind of the Wildcats to get back. And so I think that you're right, like just that opportunity to kind of play tough, tough defense. Um, it's the foundation for lots and lots of good things, and I think this team has done a pretty good job of of that this season. Yeah. Brooke or Jessica, another question for Kaya? Yeah, just one more I have. Um, so you you made a pretty solid impact offensively, especially in this game this last weekend um, and driving through the hoop. Is this a skill that you've worked on throughout this season or is this something that you've just always been good at and you brought to the game on Saturday? Yeah, no, I've always been just an attacking player. Like, I don't know my mindset isn't like I'm scared. I don't want, I don't ever want to play scared. It's always, I'm going to attack, you know, if I, if I get blocked, so be it, I'll just get it back on defense, but I'm going to get to the rim or I'm going to look for my players um, to get them the ball so they could get to the rim. So, I mean, it's always been uh, my mindset to just attack because that's just the kind of player I am, but I have developed a lot of skill with that mindset um, being here at Weber and, this team or the coaches have taught me a lot about when I should attack, when I should pass, who I'm looking for, what I'm looking for. And so I feel like that has elevated um, that piece of me a lot. So Kaya, um, the season is now winding down. Uh, Before we we came on, we were talking about how fast February has gone and just Mm -hmm. now just three games remaining. Uh, You all will be playing the next two at home, which is nice. And then the final game on the road uh, to take on SUU one more time, maybe get some revenge against the birds Mm -hmm. and maybe send them off out of the conference. will be the last time that the birds will be playing Weber state in February for ever, I guess. I don't know. They're, they're going, they're going to the whack. So it is what it is, Mm -hmm. but um, talk to us a little bit about uh, the remaining, uh, the remaining games on the schedule, because like we said, a lot of close losses. The Wildcats have been in just about every conference game that we've seen this season, except mm-hmm. for maybe the exception of that Idaho game up in Moscow. Uh, Wildcats have been in, in a lot of these games. And so talk to us about how the team kind of takes all of those close losses and kind of glues together that experience to say, okay, can, let's make a final push and maybe end on a high note as we get ready to head to Boise. Right. Um, I think it's more of like a learning process. You know, we get in these tough game situations and then we just haven't been able to pull through. And so going down the stretch, we learn what we need to do at the end of the game. We, we begin to see and pick apart the other teams and learn a little bit more about them and what they do um, at the end of the game. And so it's just about learning and growth. And I feel like we're growing pretty well. And um, down the stretch, we're going to push because like I said before we are a fighting team and so we're not going to go down without a fight so we will make that final push and I believe we will get some wins under our belt yeah I have one more very important question what is your major oh uh business administration awesome yeah I was wondering that too (laughs) (laughs) I mean good program man I mean it feels like I mean I I 
I used to work in the Goddard school and I was, I always wanted to be a Goddard, you know, say that. Yeah. I went to the Goddard school. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit jealous, you know? So smart, smart choice on Kaya's part to yeah. uh, hop into that program. Cause it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Well, Kaya, I want to thank you so much for taking some time. Like I said, to chat with Weber state weekly, a little bit about you and who you are. And like we said, your journey uh, to Ogden from outside of Sacramento and antelope um, wish you all the best of luck this week as there are two games, like we said in the purple palace. So if you're not planning on it, folks head up to, to the purple palace this week, uh, we'll talk about, you know, the times and the upcoming schedule at the end of the show here. But um, just a couple more left to see this team play live in action, unless you're planning on going to Boise, which you should, because going to Boise is a lot of fun. And um, <laughs> I don't know. I think that I think if anything has shown us this on both sides, both on the men's side and the women's side, anything can happen. Anything mm-hmm. can happen this year. Like there is no anointed. I don't know. There's like there's no there's no pre tournament conference champion like anything can happen. So. Kyle saying thanks so much for taking some time to chat with us here at Weaver State Weekly. Of course. It was a pleasure. Yeah, we'll see you soon. See you soon. Thank you. Of course. All right. We want to take some time to thank Kyle one more time. Um, like we said, we know that she's busy as she's a student, but also trying to get ready for that trip. So, um, yeah, just uh, wish her the best of luck as the Wildcats take, take on uh, both Northern Arizona and Portland State this weekend. All right, folks. So let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the games this week because there were a couple of good ones. Um, you know, even though, I, like we said it, at the top of the show, the Wildcats ended up not getting the win in Greeley on Saturday, ended up going to overtime. The game was was within reach. Um, a good one on Thursday. So let's start there. Um, I want to talk about this game against Sac State. I don't know what it is. But the Wildcats have had Sac State's number this season, and it's, it's nice to see. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been awesome. I was just looking in the, I think it's the only two losses they've had in the last 11 games have been to us. Like, I love it so much. Yeah. And I mean, and if you all remember from, you know, the Sac State game in the Purple Palace just a couple of weeks ago, I mean, that was a battle back and forth and back and forth. And then the Wildcats make a really late run, you know, with like under three minutes to go. And Emma Torbert hits that absolutely (laughs) massive three that kind of puts the game out of reach for the Hornets. And, you know, the Wildcats get the dub in the Purple Palace to break a long losing streak, you know, a lot of close losses to say, okay, we got that dub. And then, so they take the trip out to Sacramento. Uh, we should ask Kaya about that. Like what it was like playing in front of the home fans. But, uh, but anyway, so Wildcats take the trip out to the nest and they get the dub in this one, man. And uh, it was, it was nice to see, because like we said uh, right now, I mean, Sacramento state sitting at nine and six in the big sky. So it's not like they're so, I don't know. They're not Portland state. Portland state does not have an in-conference win this season at all. Yeah. So it's, they're not that like, this is a team that is, they're good. And the Wildcats just have their number. So let's talk a little bit about this. I mean, they start off a little bit slow. I'd say both teams started off a little bit slow. That first quarter, Wildcats only scored nine. Sac State scored eight, 11, you know, so just, just a couple more points. And uh, a lot of it was kind of due to turnovers, missed shots, uh, but the Wildcats kind of get back on track in the second quarter. They take a one point lead into the locker room. And so I kind of wanted to ask you ladies kind of what you felt. What was it that, that, you know, helped them right the ship going into that second quarter to kind of get back on track, say, okay, we're down two, could be a lot worse, only scoring nine points in the first quarter, but, you know, good defense and missed shots on Sac State's side. What was it about that second quarter where they're like, all right, now it's time to play basketball? Well, we killed it in that second quarter, I think both offensively and defensively. So if you look at just our shooting percentages, you know, we were – 
what is it? 70% in the paint. Seven of 10. Yeah. Three of four from three point. And then we look at Sac State and they are almost exactly the opposite in stats. So not only were we making the shots that we shot in a way that we haven't really seen in a whole heck of a lot of games, we were playing defense and preventing them from making the same amount of shots. So it was like the stars aligned in that second quarter, which really Sac State didn't come back from for a minute. They came back there at the end, but it was just, we were impressive on both sides of the ball and it really showed with the points, right? Yeah. I mean, definitely Brooke. I mean, like, like Jessica said, uh, good defense uh, uh, along with a really good shooting percentage there in the second quarter. Like you said, 70% from two, uh, 75%, three of four from three, uh, just one of two from the free throw line. But I mean, doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. When you're you're getting your shots on easy, you don't got to You don't got to get two from the charity strike. Yeah, exactly. What was it about that second quarter? Like, why, why were they able to have so much success you know, in and around. Obviously, we know this is a team that likes to shoot in and around the paint, but also three of four in, in, in a quarter. You know, that's that's not something we see a lot of. We've talked a lot mm-hmm. about that, about the Wildcats, you know, adding maybe that to their game as the season has gone on. But I mean, really a lot of success around the basket. Yeah, I think they just, like she already said, um, warmed up, I guess, with their shooting and were finally hitting shots and then just locking it down on defense, playing their game, playing what they do best, getting inside, shooting making their shots, but I think a lot of it, maybe they just warmed up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because in this, in that quarter, they hold, you know, it was, it was a consistent quarter in that, you know, they held the, the the Hornets to five of 10 shooting in the first quarter, so 50%. Then they hold them to five of 11 in the second quarter. Um, the difference there was that they were able to knock down two threes as opposed to none in that first quarter. So that's kind of like their saving grace. They hit two threes. Yeah. Because otherwise... Uh, it's looking pretty barren. Like it's a pretty big hole for them going into the locker room. And I do think we play a little bit different when we're making our threes um, because, because it feels good as we see the the points go up quicker. Um, It just feels like, okay, we can do this both inside and outside of the paint. And you can just really tell that that shifts the momentum of our women playing. Yeah. And I think also just kind of, you know, spreading the floor is always good for this team, especially yeah. like we've talked about where they like to play in the paint. And we're going to talk more about that. Um, but yeah, just that that knocking down threes early, you know, always bodes well for the Wildcats, even if they go cold in the in the, in the second half, because it keeps the defense, the opposing defense honest to say, like, nah, you're not just going to pack the paint tonight. Uh, you're going to have to really guard. Uh, you're going to have to respect the three point line because they've knocked down a few. And so um, even if they're not, you still have to maybe maybe a few more might go in. You know, you, you, you can't risk that. So um, we talked about the impressive paint defense and that that really bleeds into the third quarter because, I mean, this is where the Wildcats begin to separate. Like like you said, Jessica, third quarter, the Wildcats absolutely go on a run. They go they score 17. Sac State only scores nine. And a lot of that is a lot of missed layups. Like if you if you watch the game or if you just look at the play by play, I mean, just tons and tons of great defense in the paint. So many missed layups. Uh, they were going right at uh, I can't remember what her name was, but um, Sac State had a player down in the paint and she they just kind of took her out of the game. Like she just really wasn't she wasn't a factor uh, because they played such such good, not just good defense 
from Emma Torbert, who was matching up against her, but also really good help defense with the guards or the wing players coming in to make life tough. And so that paint defense really makes the difference. Hornets didn't score a bucket for the first five minutes and 20 seconds of the third quarter. Like it, it was 440 before they finally scored a bucket. Well, why were they so effective in, in locking them down? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is just we were kind of all over the place. We, we had our fair share of fouls that we spread throughout the team as well, right? Yeah. But we were both stealing. We were capitalizing on those missed shots that they had and getting the rebound a solid percentage of the time. Um, and I think that it, it just really helped out that we had a game where overall we had fewer turnovers than we have when we compare ourselves to the very large majority of our prior games. There were a few that we were close with this. So we kept our own momentum and were able to do what we do best in really capitalizing on those rebounds, getting a couple of seals in it there. And I think it really helped us to pull ahead in that third quarter, which is great to see because we haven't been the best fourth quarter team, certainly, right? Yeah. But after the half is where sometimes we start to trail off just a little bit. And so it was really good to see us come out that third quarter and separate it because it allowed us to really keep it going in the fourth quarter, which is not something that we're always able to do. Yeah, that's, uh, we did a Twitter spaces a couple of weeks ago um, watching a women's um a women's game on ESPN plus, which by the way, if you're not able to make it to the purple palace for some of these, all these games are on ESPN plus. Um, and that was one thing that we noted was that like, there are those kind of critical, critical moments or critical runs in usually the third quarter. We've noticed kind of a trend that if the wildcats can, are able to come out of the half and play with energy and, and play good defense, good things happen in the third quarter that sets them up to win in the fourth quarter. If they could, if they can continue to hold it. Right. And so I think that we definitely saw that in this third quarter where it's like, okay, they're going to play solid defense. Like I said, Hornets do not score for five minutes and 20 seconds, you know, for more than half of the quarter, they just cannot get a bucket in. And even then they didn't score that many points. Like we said, just nine points in that, in that quarter. And so by then the Wildcats had separated and they were able to keep their foot on the gas going into the fourth quarter. Um, Brooke, I, I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about that because we've we've talked a lot about how the Wildcats have had a hard time closing out games, but this one was different, right? Wildcats mm-hmm. scored, they score 18 to Sac State 17. So Sac State says, okay, like, you know, they feel the pressure they need to get there. But the Wildcats answer, you know, Sac State, that was their highest scoring quarter, fourth quarter. But so was, the, so was Weaver State's, you know, they tied the second quarter at 18 points. And so what do you think, what do you think made that possible for them to say like, okay, we're going to keep the foot on the gas. We're going to continue to score and get to the finish line win by 10. Um, I don't know. I think they just had the energy that Sac State didn't. And they thankfully, um, I have this old, old school. I went old school with this paper from the stats of the game. (laughs) Um, and it looks like, you know, they're four of 15 in the third quarter, one of five from three point in third quarter. I think they just were cold and luckily Weber state kind of got warm, had the energy and maybe Sacramento just kind of, I don't know. The roles seem reversed where normally it's Weber state kind of being like, Oh, no, let's, I mean, let's keep fighting, but I don't know. Like, I think they just 
seem to have more energy than Sac State did until, you know, they, I mean, God, I can't even read my stuff now. It's so tiny. But yeah, I think the biggest thing I noticed was, you know, the free throws. I mean, in the fourth quarter, Weber had five of eight and Sac only had one of two. So I think just continuing to fight and playing their game and it just kind of wore down on Sacramento. Yeah, we talked about, you know, the the game of players like uh, Kyle Hussain, who attacking the basket, getting there and getting to the free throw line. Um, but also another thing that I noticed was that the Wildcats, they, you know, the Tillman had a really great game. She scored 29 points for the Hornets in this game. 12 of 29 shooting. Not the most efficient night for her. One of eight from three. So she just she shot a lot of shots. A yeah. awful <laughs> lot of shots. Um, and so, yeah, and she had 29 points. Good for her. There was not a single other Sac State player in double figures, not one. Mm-hmm. And so I think also that if you're the Hornets and you look at the stats, you say, all right, we need to distribute the ball maybe a little bit more because 29 points on 29 shots and one of eight from three, not going to get it done against anybody. Nobody, maybe Portland State, but nobody else. Because, I mean, Portland State has been really, they've, they've really struggled. But I look at that and I go, yeah, you got to be a little bit more efficient. So the Wildcats get the dub. Uh, no need for overtime in this one. Like we said, 10-point victory. Wildcats get out of the gym with a 62-52 win. And uh, they get on the they get on the bus. And, uh, well, I guess they get on the plane because then they're flying to Greeley. And uh, this is this is a little bit more interesting game. I mean, Northern Colorado, a team that is right now in the standings. Oh, I had them up. Dang it. I, I screwed myself over. Can't believe this. But so Northern Colorado, you know, not not a, not a bad team, right? A, a team that mm. I think when they were in Ogden just a couple of weeks ago, um, Wildcats didn't get the didn't get the result they want. Um, they're currently seven of nine in conference play. But I think that that kind of belies where they're at. I mean, that's the thing that's always kind of weird about just conference records is you look at that and say, Oh, they're not that great. Like, mm, seven of nine in this league. Anybody can beat anybody, man. So you never know. And so the Wildcats take the trip to Greeley and um, another slow start. Uh, and, and I think that is it, is it just, is it just a matter of getting acclimated to the team's defense? Uh, just trying to get some things figured out. Uh, because they ended up answering and they're down four going in, uh, going in at the half and then down four again, going in the fourth quarter. Like, do you think that the, the slow starts affect them, you know, as we get ready for conference tournament play or does it not matter? I think it's, I mean, it's certainly different, right? Like this is not necessarily how we were looking at the beginning of the season, just kind of what I mentioned a second ago where we, tend to kind of peter out in the fourth quarter there. And so I am so good if this is how I don't, I don't know how it happened. I can't explain it and maybe y'all can, but I am okay to start off a little bit slower if we're able to really bring it together after the second half, because just the, the speed and the energy that they've come out with after the half, these last few games is really impressive. So I'm not sure. I absolutely agree with you that we've had a little bit slow start getting, you know, situated. Maybe that's exactly what you're saying of seeing what their defense looks like, but I'll, I'll take this any day of the week. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a good point. Like I said, Uh, so I think, I think I'm with you so long as the deficit isn't too great, like to dig a deep, deep hole in the first quarter. That's not good. But 
I mean, being down four, a couple baskets didn't go in. I mean, you're figuring it out. I mean, I don't think it's, you know, alarm bells aren't ringing. You know what I mean? It's fine. Yeah, I agree. Um, so then we get to the fourth quarter. I think that this, you know, this game was very much about that fourth quarter and then leading into the overtime. So we're going to spend a lot of our time talking about that. Um, so Wildcats go into the fourth quarter down four. They make up the deficit. You know, they end up great defense in that fourth quarter, holding uh, Northern Colorado to what? Just 10 points, just 10 points. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a great frame. And this is where, like I said, I wonder if the slow starts hurt the Wildcats because, this is the second time now that they've, is it the second or third time that they've lost in overtime? Um, at least the second, might be more. I'd have mm-hmm. to go back and check. But um, if they, you know, had a little bit, a little bit faster start, you know, and instead of scoring seven points, maybe they score 10, they get into double digits in the first quarter. You know, you get to the fourth quarter, you've scored in double digits, all of them, and, and you played really great defense against Northern Colorado, right? Like you said, holding them to just 10 points in the fourth quarter, you walk away with a dub, you get out of the gym. Unfortunately, that's not the way that it ended up. Wildcats had it in their hand. Darren Hickok shoots free throws with just a few seconds left. She misses both. How heartbroken were you for her in that moment? Very. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that was rough. Well, and they had their chances to put it away. They had a couple breakaway layups missed. And so it's hard. It's I mean, you really just remember those free throws, but it really shouldn't have come down to that in the end. Yeah, because like we said, they were playing great defense. They were getting steals in uh, mm-hmm. in that in that fourth quarter. Very very active hands. I think all of the second yeah. half. You know, because yes, of course, the Wildcats you know kept the Bears to ten points in the fourth quarter, but they also only let them score twelve in the third quarter. So they were getting back into the game, right? And then they were make up that make up that ground that they were down for in the fourth quarter, um, fourteen points to ten. But you're right, Brooke. There were opportunities, fast break opportunities yeah. that came to be nothing because of bad transition offense, which is so weird because normally teams like, they like to run like that, right? It's much easier to kind of play not against the set defense. You just need to, you know, maybe beat one or two defenders, but coming up empty on some of those, I think was just a, it was just a heartbreaker as well. Yeah. Yeah, It was at least two or three that I can think of right off that could have put it away. So we go to overtime. Let's talk about overtime. (laughs) (sighs) What happened? I mean, the Wildcats are there. The Bears go up, uh, but then they're able to, uh, the Wildcats kind of answer and they say, okay, we can get back up, you know, and it's tied again at 53-53. And then Hannah Simmental, who was great for them all night, uh, she hits a three and that's pretty much it. They never look back. Mm-hmm. Talk to us. I mean, talk to me about what happened. Like why, why were they able to just kind of go on that run? And Hannah Simmental basically puts it away for good she scores the last one two three four uh five six seven points for for the bears in overtime what happened i really think and of course i'll be interested in what y'all say too is our defense got a little bit too handsy like what set us apart with you know northern colorado was just the amount of fouls that we gave them um and free throws set us apart a little bit and it wasn't you know what we've talked about before it wasn't the last second fouls to try to get points we fouled throughout um as opposed mm-hmm. and i think we're just being a little bit more handsy 
Yeah, I mean, I, and and I think one thing that kind of frustrated me a little bit was that the foul deficit was pretty stark in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, the Bears hit the bonus fairly, not not like super early in the quarter, but like they were in the bonus for at least the last three, four minutes, right? Yeah. Or something like this, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And that carries on into overtime, right? And so it's it was sort of a struggle because the Wildcats, they weren't getting those same calls because like we, we've talked about, this is a team that likes to play inside and they played inside fairly well in this game. Um, they ended up scoring. Oh, let me go back. Um, but they ended up scoring of their 55 points. You know, 36 of those were in the paint. You know what I mean? So like they were playing the game inside, but they weren't necessarily getting the same calls. Right. Um, and so because of that, uh, they, they don't get the same foul attempts, plus the missed opportunities when they were getting the calls, like we talked about late in that game in the fourth quarter, uh, just kind of adds up. And so the Bears, you know, their last what what did we just say? Their last like four points in in the in the overtime were all at the line, you know, just, mm-hmm. just knocking down free throws and then. There's not much the Wildcats can do. And of course, like like we said, some of those were fouls to say, slow the game down, hope that they miss one, try and get back and, you know, make some ground and just try and get there because the Wildcats were not down a lot, but they were down enough that they needed to play that game. Mm-hmm. So another tough, tough lesson learned for the Wildcats in this overtime. Overtime has not been kind. Plus, I think Darren Hickok fouling out. That, that was a pretty big moment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Any last words on the, on the Northern Colorado game? No, that three pointer kind of sealed it. And I mean, it was only three points, but they just couldn't make any shots after that. And then the turnover on an inbound after just little mistakes yeah. just sealed it. That happened a lot in that game. There were at least three turnovers on inbounds that I can remember. Yeah. Where Northern Colorado just played a, a you know a little press, and Wildcats got maybe a little bit casual in, in inbounding the ball. Turnover, then they get the ball back. Right, creates creates an opportunity. That leaves the door cracked open. Right, which you didn't want to do because <laughs> they they had it. All right. uh, let's move on to our next segment and let's talk about buy and sell. So I've got some some situations, some scenarios here for you folks. And uh, we're going to see if our panel is going to buy or sell on what I've put together. So we've talked about the fact that there are three games remaining on the schedule. They will be against Portland State, who does not have a conference win this season. They will be against Northern Arizona. This will be an opportunity for a revenge game, I believe, because Northern Arizona beat the Wildcats on a buzzer beater um in Flagstaff early in the season and then the Wildcats went out to Portland and absolutely trounced them on Saturday that week and then uh, the Wildcats will have to take the trip to Southern Utah to play Southern uh SUU I believe right now they are the third best team in the conference at a 12 and 5 mark 16 and 10 overall what do you think ladies you're going to buy or sell on the Wildcats winning out for the remainder of the regular season <laughs> <laughs> no sounds like we got a couple of sellers yeah that suu game, game yeah i'm gonna sell <laughs> you're gonna sell okay brooks selling what about you, Are you gonna sell on that? Um, i'm selling too if dan was here he would he would buy he would buy but- you are 100 correct he would buy and he bought a lot of what i sold last night 
he would take it, he would buy it, and he would run with it. And I wanted to say, we looked really good against Sac State. We could take SU. I'm going to go two of three, and I'm going to sell. Okay, so she's going to sell. Yeah. She's going to say two of three. The SU game will be tough. They are a good team uh, right now. Although I, I got to say that I, I think I'm with you. I'd probably sell. I think that one or one of three or two of three is probably the mark the way that the Wildcats have played uh, for the last, you know, three, four weeks. But uh, man, um, if one of those wins could be against Southern Utah, that's a nice win to take with you as you head into Boise, right? Like you don't, I think that it, it sets a nice tone because the Wildcats will be playing in the first round. They will not receive a first round buy in Boise. And so they're going to have to play into one of these higher up teams. But the thing is this, looking at, looking at the schedule, we, uh, we didn't beat Idaho state. We got beat on a buzzer beater, but it was close. We beat Montana state. Would be nice to get a win against Southern Utah, and we beat Montana, um, and then Sac State is the fifth seed. So we've beat what one, two, three out of the, of the top five teams, and and we were in at least one against Idaho State, who are the reigning conference champions. I mean, you like your chances, but yeah, probably going to sell one of three or two of three is probably is probably going to yeah. All right, next, next, uh, I looked at some of the numbers, and uh, this is conference player of the year is definitely very much a scoring award, right? Right now, the top scorer in the conference goes to, um, I believe it was, let me just pull this up really quick. Oh, it's the Sac State one who just had all those points. Who just had 29, right? Um, her name yeah. was um, Liana. Oh, I can't believe this. Like it's, Tillman or something? Yeah, let's You're right. It's Liana you Tillman. You put the three of us together. We're going to come up with a name. <laughs> she got it. So it's Liana Tillman leading the conference right now, averaging 20.5 points a game, followed by Darian White at Montana State. She's averaging 15.4. And then who should I see at number three? Why, it's Darren Hickok averaging 14.6 points a game. Now, we know that there is more that goes into that, but scoring definitely looms large in the the voters' minds when they decide who Conference Player of the Year is going to be. So, the question to our panel, buy or sell on Darren Hickok stealing Conference Player of the Year? So... <laughs> <laughs> We're not even going to think about it. Third place, not close. No. So, just I, That's what broke <laughs> That's what broke pieces. It's a long shot. I'm going to admit that. It is a long shot. Like I said, that's why I said steals conference player of the year because it would be a shock. Uh, but like yeah. I said, I think that you know the, the way that you get it is you look at other forms of of this and say, all right, um, there's. Yeah, there's, we factor in rebounds. Yeah. And Things she like just that. plays out of her mind the next three games. Sure, I'll buy it. Yeah, because right <laughs> now, Darren Hickok is seventh in the conference in rebounds. None of the players mentioned are ahead of her in rebounds. In fact, none of them are even in the top 10. None of them are even in the top uh, 15, not in the top 20. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a case to be made where it's like, yes, she doesn't score as many points, but... Right. Look does. how well-rounded she is. Yeah, she does mm -hmm. contribute in other ways. So that's why I'm yeah. saying that. So, Jessica, is it a buy or a sell? I'm, I'm contingently buying if she plays out of her mind the next three games. Okay. <laughs> Get some shots. Yeah. You know, bring that average up. Maybe just uh, maybe a couple mm -hmm. points. Let's see yeah. what happens. Maybe she can find her way into the, you know, the two spot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It happen. All right, next one. Um, we've talked a lot about this this season, about how 
maybe this team isn't necessarily going to be conference championship contender material, but would like to see some progress in the conference tournament. Um, we've the Wildcats have proven this season that we've seen them beat some of the good teams. Um, and we've been in most of these games. And so buy or sell on the Wildcats winning their first round conference tournament game. <laughs> So this is more realistic. Huh? I'm letting Brooks go first. That's okay, what I'm Brooks going to go first. I'll buy this one. Okay. See, normally, I'm all like optimistic. Everybody's going to win everything, like a <laughs> participation trophy type stuff. But I don't know. The way this season kind of has ended, I'm like, eh. It's been tough. It, <laughs> it has. Because <laughs> I thought they were going to win 10 games this year. <laughs> It's true. I mean, and the way things started, it looked like they could, right? Yeah. They really hit a skid in the middle of the season. Yeah, they did. Jessica, buy or sell on the Wildcats winning in the first round? You know what? I'm going to buy. So am I. I'm going to buy because I think it can happen. Like we said, they've been in these games. I think all yeah. these close losses are going to add up. They could lose. I'm there. But they and I... I if we make it through the first round, I might just take the day off and go up there for the second round game. Cause you know, it's only four hours away. It is. And uh, I'm super jealous. Cause I mean, honestly, if I were you, I'd stay up the whole week. Cause I mean, the women's tournament is going to be good, but man, <laughs> the men's tournament is going to be insane this year. It's going to be absolutely insane. So yeah. if I were you, I'd just say, you know what? Sorry guys. I, right. I I'm working go for Boise. Boise this week. Yeah. yeah I'm working you know, for I feel- Boise. I'll see you guys at Idaho Community Credit Union Arena or whatever it is. Uh, Yeah, good times. But I'm with you. I'm buying on this one. I think it can happen. I like it. All right. um, Final one. This is about, uh, you know, this is player specific now. Um, Corey Pencer. From what I understand, I believe that she has one more year of eligibility. She could come back for one more season. Does Corey Pencer return? So, this is it. Buy or sell, Corey Pencer returns for one more season. Oh, we're what selling, Brooke. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Brooke is selling. Last year. Yeah, we're selling. I voted Both for selling. This is it. Corey's not coming back. Yeah. Okay. I thought that there would be more hemming and hawing on that, but um, I, well, I want her to come back. Man, she looks yeah. good. When she's on her game, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I liked, I will say, I liked the defensive effort in Greeley. I thought that she was really, you know, she was big there. Um, unfortunately, you know, the scoring hasn't necessarily been there. You know, shot five of 12. But she was one for six in that game in Northern Colorado. So I think mm-hmm. the, the hard thing, she had five steals though. You know what I mean? So defensively, yeah. she is making it happen. And she's not turning the ball over as much. Only three turnovers in that game. Um, but the problem is that the shooting has not been quite there. And so it's really kind of held her numbers down. I think that if she shoots even, you know, league average on on those attempts, um, she's she's in the conversation. You know, the Wildcats just win a lot more games if she was able to score a little bit more. Agreed. So both selling on this one. This is it. Last last huzzah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like well, that was um, a bad buy or sell to end on there, Colby. We should have switched. Because well, uh, I thought it was going to go a different way. <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's take a look at the upcoming schedule. Like we said, just three games remaining. So um, Wednesday, February 23rd. So keep, keep that in mind, folks. Wednesday, February 23rd, 
Portland State coming to town. They will be playing the Wildcats in the Purple Palace at 6 p.m. That game is on ESPN Plus or just go buy tickets. They're cheap. Uh, and then Saturday, February 26th, Northern Arizona coming to town for the revenge game. 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN Plus or just buy tickets. Probably Brooke and Jessica will both be there. You can sit right by them. Mm. You can sit anywhere when you buy them. They're basically GA tickets for the women's games. But don't sit like right next to me. Don't sit right next to her. Brooke has her spot, okay? <laughs> Just so you know. I hate when there's the entire arena is empty and somebody has to sit right like by me or behind me. I mean, like not the entire arena. Like, come Basically. on. Basically. <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I mean, I, so when I when I went and uh, I went to the Montana game while I was in town. And I went and sat by Brooke, but I did seat like I sat like two seats over. Yeah, that's good. See, so that's, that's okay. fine. You can sit two seats away. Okay, if I know you, it's okay. But strangers like to sit right by me, and like really, there's like the whole this whole section is empty, and you're right next to me. Yeah. Why? So, don't do that. <laughs> also, Jessica will probably be at that game too. So go say what's up to her. Yes, I will be there Wednesday. It depends on what time I get back from the Metallica concert on Saturday. Oh, Metallica? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, Friday night. I'm driving Friday to Vegas to see Metallica. I'll be back Saturday. So depending oh, on when gosh. I make it back. We're going to talk about this. I want you to know that <laughs> Colby, Peterson, Colby Peterson picked up the guitar at 15 years old because he wanted to be James Hetfield. No way! 100%. Yeah, so we'll talk oh. about that. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> then, then the final game of the season, like we said, the Wildcats are going to be hitting the road. This is going to be on Friday night, right? So the date's getting a little bit weird, getting a little bit out of the normal kind of cycle of things because the women's tournament does start on a Monday. Um, Friday, March 4th, Wildcats will be down in Cedar City to take on the Birds for the last game of the season. That'll be 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can watch on ESPN+. Plus. You can drive down there if you want. It's a nice arena. It really is. We've talked a lot about that. I, I don't give the birds a lot, but I'll give them that their, their hoops facility is really nice. And then, of course, March 7th, Monday, March 7th, the Big Sky Tournament begins. The Wildcats will be playing in the first round. That will continue until Friday, March 11th. So there will be some cross, uh, some coinciding with the men's tournament, which starts on Wednesday, I believe. And so uh, go to Boise, man. It's fun. It's a really good time. Even if the Wildcats lose early, you know, if I'm dead wrong and the Wildcats don't win in the first round, you're in Boise, man. It's freaking sweet. It's good basketball. Show up. <laughs> All right, folks. So let's wrap up the show like we usually do. Weaver State Weekly at gmail.com if you want to email me. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon. Hey, you want to get that good recruiting content? You got to be a patron. So go check it out. Uh, I checked the stats and some of our patrons aren't checking it out. Um, only a few people have watched it. And uh, that's crazy. If you ask me, you're paying for it. You might as well get your money's worth. And then uh, the blog, weberstateweekly.com. Uh, go check it out. Ladies, want to appreciate both of you. Thank you both for taking some time to chat some women's hoops with me tonight. Wrap up the show like I always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. Oh!